Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
morning. It's good to see everybody this morning. Glad that you're here. We've got uh, a whole lot of announcements that, that we need to make. Uh, the uh, annual Mars food for missions is going to be coming up soon. Uh, uh, when is that? October the 7th. All right, so see Betty or Scotty, they're, they're going to be out back uh, at the tables if you uh, need to see your chili. Oh, they're going to do it because they, uh, they had almost got their phone covered up. October 7th, uh, uh, 12 o'clock on the Saturday, and they need workers as well. So if you'd like to either get some food or chili, see them. Uh, if you'd like to help, see them at the, at the conclusion of uh, the uh, service today. But uh, they do that every year. Help uh, the local missions uh, in our community. Also, WU, y'all got your meeting. It's going to be Wednesday at 6 30. We're going to see everybody back. Uh, Joy Group, there's a lot of announcements that are in the bulletin. Y'all don't want to go yet. Uh, they sign up for the WU Christmas tree. Uh, t shirts are still being ordered. Uh, short sleeves are $15, long sleeves $20. Make your uh, check payable to Katie Griffith for cash. Uh, see uh, Kay Claire uh, if you've got some questions about uh, any of that. And then uh, Wednesday night, the meal is meatloaf, creamed potatoes, white beans, salad loaves, and desserts is sponsored by the youth. And uh, Charlie is asking, so if we send out a flock note, if you would, if you think you're going to be there to eat Wednesday night, sign up, even if you're unsure. You go to out account and those who think they're going to be there so that we know that we haven't confused everybody. And if you can't try to sign up by Monday evening, that way they can be sure they can they have the groceries by Tuesday uh, so that they can uh, take part of that. And then uh, the kids are doing Operation Christmas Child. Cheap Boxing is in this year. They're going to $1,500. And so you can write a check uh, to the church that you can choose. Just be sure to put on your check uh, Memo OTC Sheetrock for the kids. So Joy knows how to put that into the uh, right account. Uh, we'll be uh, taking that up and send down what? First of October. Uh, so, uh, and one thing we, we'll probably do, you may, say, you may get a flight note on that. We were going to pick out a day. Where we uh, ask everybody to pray for the shoe boxes ministry and give the shoe box ministry. And so, what we may do is we'll send out a flock note uh, in a day and ask, for example, uh, for everyone to donate like $5 if they would. Uh, skip lunch that day, give up your lunch, pray for the Operation Shoe Box, and make a donation that you actually pray. Operation Shoe Box Ministry. It really is a fantastic ministry. And we had 100 people give five bucks. That'd be five more dollars right there. Uh, and that's how long we have some prayers behind it. We're excited about next week. We've got uh, baptism service next Sunday. We know we have at least five right now. Uh, they have some more uh, to come out and then they'll be a part of that next service. And also next Sunday is Trail Life Sunday. And we're excited about that. So many of the uh, young men that are uh, getting baptized as part of Trail Life Ministry. And Adam and I were talking about it. It's not just going to be at our church. 
Today we like to say a word of welcome to you. Jerry and Billy come alive. We want to make sure you feel welcome as well. We always like to have a time when we meet our guests and neighbors. And so I'm asking you to join the stand, friends, greet your guests and neighbors, and then we'll sing our fellowship song together and continue to worship.
make this great city. Take your Bible this morning and open to John chapter 10. Our little guys are making their way to the children's church. You guys can make your way out. And as they do that, Coach Jonathan, another way over here, guys. That's the old way. You know, uh, social media is rather interesting. I think you know, all of us probably have some connection to social media uh, today. Uh, you know, grandparents or the, the, the little kids, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of different kinds of platforms out there. One of the things that I've noticed here of late, doesn't really matter what platform you're using, is that people like to put selfies of themselves, video selfies, photo selfies uh, of themselves out there, and uh, captions of the selfie with this phrase, living my best life. And, you know, a lot of times it'll be somewhere uh, exotic, somewhere somewhere that's uh, remote, uh, maybe doing something that's uh, off the beaten path or just something a little unusual. And, uh, you know, of course, what they want in sharing the photo and in the caption is to get comments, to get people to comment about what they see. Uh, and often people will say, yes, absolutely, that is the best life that you're living. I want us to think about that today, living my best life, the life of what Jesus says to us in John 10 and in verse 10. One of the biggest philosophical and metaphysical questions that has been asked throughout history is this, is there life after death? But I want to say to you this morning that I believe there's an even bigger question that needs to be answered before that one, and that is this, is there life after birth? And I don't mean just existence, but I mean real life. One of my favorite movies uh, is the movie Braveheart, not just because of the action and the plot that's in there, but some of the greatest lines ever uttered, I think, on film uh, have been uttered there in that movie. The hero, uh, William Wallace, uh, played His uh, character makes a statement in the movie, every man dies, but not every man lives. And uh, how true it is. Every person dies, but not every person really lives life to its fullest. And there are three great questions I think we all have to answer, and I want to give them to you this morning, uh, if we were to discover our best life. Uh, the first question is this, what Lord am I going to love? I've said to you before, everyone worships some God. Everybody loves some sort of Lord or God over their life, whether they believe in a God like you and I believe in or not. And uh, how they answer that question really determines the answer to the next two questions. Uh, you know, I know that it's true because of what Jesus said. You know, the only life that's worth living is a life that has found the right Lord. And 
Jesus said that uh, we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, and all our body. With everything that we are, we are to love the Lord our God. And so uh, that's the first question. What Lord do you love? The second question is what life am I going to live? And I want to submit to you one that only life that, that is a life worth living is a life that is lived under the authority of the Lordship of Jesus. And so how you define those first two questions, how you answer those first two questions really will help you with the first question. What legacy do you live? Paul says to his critics to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he says to Timothy, Dear Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. What legacy will you live? Will it be the, the good fight? Will you finish the race that has been set before you as you kept the faith? When you ask people, why Jesus came to the earth? Why he came to our planet? People will say, well, to die for our sins and get us eternal life. And that's true. But it's only part of the reason that he came. The other part of why Jesus came is what he gives us in John 10 and verse 10. Not only that we might live forever, but that we might live right now. Not just physically breathe, not just eat and drink and sleep and work and die. He didn't just come to give us life after death, but to give us life after what I want to say to you this morning, life after birth. And here in the Gospel of John, he makes an amazing statement. He makes an an astounding claim. So listen to our passage this morning. Jesus says the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, I come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Only Greek word, life there is an interesting word in the Greek language. There are two words for the word life, and the word bios means the, the word we, we get our word for biology from, and it refers to bone and flesh and existence. It's the, it's the kind of life that, that humans share with animals. There's another word for life that the Greeks use, which is the word zoe. It's the word we get zoology from. It's not just a physical life, but it refers to the spiritual life. It's not just quantitative life, but qualitative life. That's the kind of life that Jesus is talking about here. Uh, the, the deeper part of life. Not just the flesh and bones that we live out every day. Uh, eating and drinking and sleeping and working and, and, and going through. But the, 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 the connection, the, the spiritual, the emotional, uh, the soul part of who we are, that we live forever. You see, Jesus is both eternal and creator. And the kind of life he's talking about is not man-made, it's, it's a God-made life. And in fact, this is the kind of life that didn't exist on earth before he came. Uh, in other words, he made this claim. If you don't have me, if you don't know me, if you don't love me, you have existence, but you don't have life. Jesus says, only real 
is in trouble. Without Jesus, you could be alive, but your life, your version of a life is lived. But what does Jesus mean about abundant life? Is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? Is that the life that we're pursuing today? Is that what we, we, we need to say as our goal, living our best life? I'm saying this to you today. Some of you listen today, either here or online, and, and you're one of those who's facing the next big field good statement of life. But at the end of the day, the only thing you feel is this. That word resignation is in trouble. It is so different. Preacher, that's a top level church. That's every day. That's the end of every week. It's just you know, the inside. I'm chasing the next feel good of life, but I, 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 it's like grabbing for butterflies. I just can't seem to, to get a hold of what really life is about. Abundant life seems to be something distant to me. Well, let me say to you, if you think abundant life is the stuff that's found in money, or the stuff that's found in stuff, or the stuff that's found in possessions, some sort of financial security, or some sort of big moment of life, life achievement, then you're going to be disappointed. You're going to, at the end of the day, always feel empty. When Jesus called these disciples to follow him, every one of them left behind what they knew. Even though he promised them abundant life, he never offered them financial security. He never promised them physical comfort or retirement plan or health insurance or a big house. Jesus uh, Jesus promised our spiritual health and wealth gospel. He didn't even promise them long life because many of them died early in life. So what did Jesus mean? And more importantly, how can we have the life that he's talking about here? He says the abundant life, the, the, the life that's worth living, the only life that's worth living is the life that's lived in and through me. We're going to learn from these disciples today what I think they learned in those years where they walked in Christ and they found what Jesus meant by abundant living. So what's that mean? Let's give you three things today. What's it mean to live abundantly? Well, number one, it means I want to live my life enjoying the presence of Jesus. Think about these disciples for a moment. They had every day of their life they needed to enjoy the presence of Jesus. Really, almost without break. 365 days a year, 24 uh, hours a day, seven days a week, for three years, they walked with Jesus, they talked with Jesus, they laid down beside uh, Jesus at night, they ate with Jesus, they sat at his feet during the day, they listened to his preach and his speech, and you know, they were just blown away. By the, the amazement of who Jesus was. Here is God in the flesh, teaching and doing things that no one had ever done before. Now, let me say something to you today. And something maybe you're not thought about. But you and I need to enjoy 
the same very thing. Every day of every month and every year that we live this life until we enter into eternal life, we can enjoy the full presence of God face to face with God until all eternity. You see, because everywhere Jesus as a matter of fact, he got it better than his disciples. You see, his disciples only did the physical teaching. It wasn't until Jesus left and Jesus said, God sent a mother helper to you. And, and, and to just like the, the mother of the same son, one just like me. And who is that helper? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And today, as, as Christians, as a child of God, the Holy Spirit of God comes and He lives in us. You know, even when Jesus was about to send into heaven, the disciples thought He was going to leave them again. He said, And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Unlike the disciples, we're not here in the physical presence of Jesus, but think about it. When Jesus was not in the physical, uh, not with the disciples, they were apart from Him. But in the Holy Spirit, Jesus is never apart from us. He has so much better than that thing down up here. Yeah, his presence is unending. God the Christian is undivided. Uh, we don't have to stay alive to meet Him. We don't have to make an appointment to see God. We're always in His presence. He lives in your life. Acknowledging and knowing that you are in the presence of God. That means God is never shut in, shut out, and shut up from a place where He's God. You know, at times we go through life and we feel lonely. But I'm going to tell you, as a Christian, you're never alone. And you may not have a friend in this world that comes and hears this, but I'll tell you, you have a friend that's sitting close to you, a brother, and that is Jesus. By way of the Holy Spirit. You're never alone. Enjoy the presence of God. A second thing I'd say to you if you want to live the best life with this, then you want to live your life trusting the provisions of Jesus. Jesus taught very different people to be his disciples. You know, not by a word of God was like the other guys. I mean, they, they really ran the gamut of people. Who they were, their tastes, and their personalities, and their, their backgrounds. They came from all kinds of walks of life. They had different professions, they had different passions, different interests, different ambitions. But every disciple had one thing in common when they met Jesus. And that was this the desire to follow him. The Bible says they left everything, they left their jobs. And they left their way of making a living. They left their family. They left their communities. They left their friends to follow Jesus. Yet we never read about these disciples making a, uh, a day when they went hungry because they missed a meal. And, 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 and though they didn't really have a place to sleep, they never liked cold sleeping. They didn't like the clothing. The only thing they did have in their life to, to, to call their own was their calling to follow Jesus. And, and the assumption was, if you follow me, then Jesus will meet all the needs of, of, of your 
and listen for the next few minutes because they, because nobody makes them even realize that, that the power that was probably taking the prayer they learned that wherever Jesus leads them, Jesus will meet their needs. Where Jesus goes and Jesus guides, Jesus provides. I can tell you, I've certainly experienced the provisions of Jesus in my ministerial life. I mean, when I set out to follow Jesus, and I'll be honest with you, uh, I, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I, you know, I, I didn't know what the ministerial life was going to be. I just knew that Jesus and I had shared Jesus in your family. And, and I'm not saying to you today that you're going to get everything you want. There's a lot of things in my life that I wanted that I didn't get and I wanted to pursue. And there have been a lot of days where I've always just talked to God about the things He didn't give me and didn't provide for me by the things, by way of things that I wanted. But I, I can tell you that having reached this point of where I live my life today, I, I, I know this, I'm better off with what God has given me and what God has not given me than I would have been had Chris gotten his way in everything he wanted. The, the shepherd had taken care of his sheep, and he's completely responsible for feeding them and leading them. And he has promised us to supply all my needs. Every day that you get up in the morning, realize that God has provided for you that day. God provides every breath that you breathe, every step you take. And God wants one thing. God wants you to trust Him. If you're going to live the best life, you, you live it in the presence of God. You live it in the, in the provisions of God. And third, and finally, you live the best life in fulfilling the purpose of God. June 2005, CBN Sports Comment, Steve Trump spoke with the New England Patriots uh, quarterback, Tom Brady, and talking to Tom Brady about his success on and off the field, and, uh, and what he said about being satisfied in life pretty much surprised everyone. Let me give you a quote from what Tom Brady said. He said, there are times where I'm not the person that I want to be. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is it. You've reached the goal. You've got the pinnacle. You've reached the dream of life. Me, I think, God, it's got to be more than this. I mean, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I've done it. I'm 27. What else is there for me? The reason that Tom Brady never found the more in life because, like all of us, he was put here for a greater purpose than to throw a football or to win a trophy or to marry a beautiful woman or to make a lot of money. You know, there's more to our life and the purpose by which we exist than just simply getting a few life achievements. All of these disciples died relatively young. Almost all of them died at relatively a violent death. Yet we're still here today talking about these disciples because they had a life and they had abundances. 
They live the life that fulfills the purpose that God has for them. If you want to know the truth, the only thing that gives life real value is the one that lives in the purpose that's greater than self. So let me go back to those two questions that confront us every day when we get up. What form are you going to live? What life are you going to live as the life worth living? Is it a life worth living? And finally, what legacy are you going to live? Medical science can add years to your life, but it can't add life to your spirit. How truly sad it is to live a long life and live a year living. Do you know abundant life in Jesus has come to you? He's come to you by way of Christ. God came out of heaven that you might know what real life is all about. And the Spirit of God has descended upon you that you might know what real life is about. You can get up every day and you can say, Lord, your life is my life. There's not a problem. I'll face you tonight, God, and the question that you cannot Say to you this morning. Here's where the rubber meets the road. You can empty yourself of yourself and give your life to the Savior and find real life. Or you can live yourself and die. Would there be enough evidence to convict you or let the God? 
We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. And we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.